Well, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank God. Well, it's good to be at SCORE 2000, the Brother Bass and uh, church family, and so many of my friends. I'm so glad to be here. I was coming anyway, whether I was going to preach or not, because I love good preaching. I love good holiness preaching. Men that are not afraid to stand up and tell us what thus saith the Word of God. I love the Word of God. I love God's people, and so we're just so glad to be here, and uh, we have prayed and sought God, and, and uh, we are here for one purpose, and that is to endeavor to do God's will. I appreciate Brother Bass telling me to be myself. Sometimes you get around a lot of preachers, you try to be something else. But uh, I appreciate Brother Bass. Brother Bass has been such a friend to me. Even even giving me a few messages, praise God. I had to doctor on him a little bit, but he gave me some messages. Had to put a little soul on him, brother, you know what I'm saying? Scream a little bit and move and do that kind of stuff, you know. Amen. <laughs> but again, I was going to come anyway because I appreciate the fellowship of these good men of God. I want to be around men of God who are clean. Who's not trying to make excuses for why they preach the way they do. Amen. And I appreciate the fellowship of these good men. Glad that my wife is here. Uh, first time my wife has been to score. And also my children, all of them. Oldest daughter, which is 20, what? 8, 27, 28, 26. Youngest daughter, which is eight, and my grandbaby. All right. Now, I know you can't believe a guy that look as young as I do has got a grandbaby. I mean, you just get over it. Praise God. Now, Brother Bass, we know you got grandkids. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just thrilled at uh, uh, the message last night. And, uh, glad we've got some, uh, some of our people to come here and some of our key people, some of my assistants. My sons, they've been looking forward to this meeting for a long time. We got two teenagers in the room with us and one eight-year-old girl. It's just like being at home. You can't find nothing already, Brother Pixel. Praise God. <laughs> but I am glad to be here. I was blessed last night. The Word of God came forth in such a powerful way. And that's the way I want it to happen. I didn't come for, uh, to hear somebody else get preached to. I came for God to talk to my heart. I really do want the will of God. We are in the process of trying to buy a church building, uh, an existing church building. We've been meeting in the YWCA for nine years. And uh, the Lord has allowed us to save some money and got a contract on a building. And it looks real good. And so we are excited about that. You can imagine how excited we are about that. Amen. So uh, good to be here. Appreciate the fellowship. Looking forward to some more good preaching. I'm going to serve up my little appetizer and get out of the way. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. If you have a Bible, I want to turn your attention to the book of Exodus, chapter 15. The book of Exodus, chapter 15. Verse number one. <clears throat> then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my songs. And I like to me that they didn't, they didn't have any other strength. And all the songs they were singing were about the Lord at this time. 
The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. He is my God. And I will prepare him an habitation. My Father's God. And I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. And Pharaoh's chariots and his hosts hath he cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sink into the bottom as a stone. Thy right hand, O Lord, is become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, hath dashed to pieces the enemy. And in thy greatness, and in, in the greatness of thine excellency, thou has overthrown them that rose up against thee. Let me ask you a question. When I read this, I don't see where Pharaoh and his men rose up against God. I see where Pharaoh rose up against God's people. And the people recognized that they were one with the Lord. By their covenant relationship through Abraham. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so they acknowledged, they recognized that Pharaoh had rose up against God. It kind of reminds me of when the Lord spoke to Saul. Uh, Paul in the New Testament says, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? We've got to understand that we are one with God. That we are in covenant with him. We are in Christ. Regardless of how we feel. Amen. We are one with him. And the greatness of thine excellency, thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. Thou sentest forth thy wrath, which consumed them as stubble. Look at verse number 14. The people, notice this, the people shall hear and be afraid. Sorrow shall take hold on the inhabitants of Palestinia. Then the dukes of Edom shall be amazed. The mighty men of Moab trembling shall take hold of, under them, upon them. All the inhabitants of Canaan, notice this, shall melt away. <clears throat> and they were saying this because of, because of what their God could do, because of what their God had done. All the inhabitants of Canaan shall melt away. Fear and dread shall fall upon them by the greatness of thine arm, talking about their God. They shall be as steel as a stone to thy people, thy people, thy people pass over, O Lord, to the people pass over which thou hast, notice this, purchased. Thou shalt bring them in. This is what they're saying. Thou shalt bring them in and plant them in the mountain of thine inheritance, in the place, O Lord, which thou hast made for thee to dwell in, in the sanctuary, O Lord, which thy hands have established. The Lord shall reign forever and ever for the horse of Pharaoh went in with his chariot with his horsemen into the sea and the Lord brought again the waters of the sea upon them but the children of Israel went on dry land in the midst of the sea and Miriam the prophetess the sister of Aaron took a timbrel in her hand and all the women went out after her with timbrels and with dance and Miriam answered them, Sing ye unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. And from these verses of scripture this morning, I want to preach to you on this thought. The battle to keep your focus where it belongs. All right. The battle. The battle. And my friend, it is a battle. Most people lose the battle because their focus is not right. Their focus is not where it needs to be. The battle to keep your focus where it belongs. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. I'm glad I'm in church today. God, I thank you for your goodness and your mercy. God, we've come here for one purpose, and that's to be a blessing to your people. God, you know what we need today. This service, Lord, is in your hands. It don't belong to me. I'm just an instrument, God, just an instrument. 
Help me, God, to speak to your people. God, anoint my lips of clay. God, I didn't come here, God, just to look good. I want to preach the word to your people. I want to see the people of God edified and blessed and helped, God, and delivered. God, you know exactly what we have need of. We give this service, Father, over into your hands today. Completely, God, absolutely and totally, it's in your hands, God, to speak to our hearts. Father, we'll be careful to praise you for it. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. <clears throat> Their names call up some of the most breathtaking spectacles in circus history. The great Walendas. This world-famous troupe has amazed circus goers with their high-wire act for about three generations. Tino Walenda described what he has, what he does for a living. Walking on a cable about five-eighths of an inch thick. Suspended between 30 and 100 feet in the air. At times, suspended over dens of lions, between buildings, and even over a pool of sharks. Tino said his grandfather, Carl Walinda, started him out on a wire two feet off the ground. He taught Tino how to hold his body rigid and how to place his feet on the wire and how to hold the pole with his elbows close to his body. But this great performer writes that the most important thing that my grandfather taught me was that I needed to focus my attention on a point at the other end of the wire, a point that was unmoving and would not shift. He said the most important thing that his grandfather taught him was to focus his attention on a point at the other end of the wire a point that was unmoving and would not shift. Let me tell you something. We're living in shifting times. We're living in unstable times. We're living in times when everything is being turned upside down. And if you're not careful, my friend, you'll go with the flow. But my mind is made up to look to Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of my faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is now set at the right hand of the throne of the majesty on high. The Bible says, he who hath begun a good work in you will perform it to the day of Christ. I don't have my eyes on nobody else. I got my eyes on Jesus. My friend, this morning, if you are going to win the battle, if you are going to be the kind of a child of God that you need to be, you've got to keep your focus on Jesus. Brother Bass, I want to tell you something. I, I fought a lot of battles in my day when God saved me. If you could see my sword in the spirit, you would see a bloody sword with demon heads everywhere, with notches. But there is one battle I face every day, and that is to keep my focus, to keep my focus on God. Now you may have it down, you may have it all down pat, uh, but you may have that, you may have that uh, uh, under your belt. I don't have that one. That's when I fight every day. That's when I fight every day to keep my focus where it needs to be. I'm not talking about being half backslid. I've got a prayer life. I read my Bible. I fast. But every now and then, brother Patrick, the devil try to take my mind somewhere. And it's just a battle. It's a battle to keep my mind focused on that which is unmoving. I'm here to tell you, my friend, everything is shaking. Everything is quaking. The winds are blowing. The winds are chains. Uh, chains are blowing. And sometimes, Brother Patrick, I feel like I'm on a tight rope. I feel like I'm on a tight wire. And all the winds are blowing. The winds of compromise are blowing. The winds of popularity are blowing. The winds of acceptance are blowing. The winds of political correctness is blowing. But I'm still walking to Jesus. I 
see I got my eyes on the prize and I'm pressing toward the mark. I don't care what nobody else do. I've got to keep my focus on him. There's another kind of wind that's blowing. And this wind is blowing hard. And if you're not careful, you'll try to, this wind will try to topple you off. And that is the wind to try to emulate somebody else. The T.D. Jakeses. I know brothers who have left the organization, Brother Paget, because they said they wanted to get on TV and reach more people. No, you don't want to reach more people. You want more money in your pocket. Well, I feel like I can reach more people. No, you want to be like T.D. Jakes. You want to be like Creflo Dollar. The winds are blowing. You better keep your eyes on a place that's unshifting. You better keep your spirit, your mind, your heart on that which is not moving. Everything is shaking. Everything is quaking. I'm here to tell you it's a battle. Brother, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying just to have large numbers to sacrifice holiness and standards and the preaching the word of God. I'll take my 70 anyway, any day of the week, Brother Patchett, then 5,000 where they all are going to hell. Is it okay if I preach that? But we got some, some, some of our preachers want to be something like some of these guys. Listen, friend, I'm going to preach the word of God as long as God gives me breath. I don't think I'm somebody. God dug me up from the sewer pen. When God saved me, I was a stone alcoholic. Do you think I'm going to play with this gospel? I think not. It's time we held rigid. It's time we held rigid to some things. Just like Tino Walinda, he held rigid to some things. We can't get away from holiness. We're getting a day. I've gone places where people didn't want to hear holiness preached. Now, I understand you don't preach holiness every message. I understand that. But my God, if I want to preach it, can I preach it? Brother Pixel, I don't believe we got to get up and lambast people and, and preach standards every service. I'm not stupid, but I've gone to places where people have questioned what I've preached. I preach it because I love it. I preach it because I believe in it. I went to a place one time here a while back. They asked me to come and I preached. I didn't try to hurt nobody's feelings. Preached a few things. I preached a message entitled... Uh, the bringing of peace and the sending of division. The bringing of peace and the sending of division. And I think I may have touched on a little bit of holiness. I don't know, just a little bit. And one of the guys came up afterward and said, some preachers feel like they got to preach on holiness every message, every time they preach. I looked at the guy. said, man, you ain't heard holiness preach yet. You can't even hardly touch it no more. Listen, friend, listen. We're either holy or we're not holy. I believe that in this hour, we need to hold to our holiness standards. Hello, somebody. I said, I believe in this hour, we need to hold to our holiness standards. Hollywood is still a sewer pit. Hello, somebody. about this Walinda guys. Carl Walinda, which was Tino's grandfather, he also thrilled millions of people doing decades of high wire walking. He walked tight ropes and that spanned stadiums, rivers, and buildings and performed any, almost anywhere that a crowd could gather. He frequently said that for him living was walking a tightrope. This is Tino Walinda's grandfather. Wire walking came naturally to the great Walenda. Then one day, one day, one 
Hey, called Mitchin to his wife that he was concerned about falling. Before performing that day, he checked and rechecked the wire's tautness and his anchors. Never before had Carl shown such concern. Later, as he was performing an easy walk, nothing big, nothing fantastic, between two buildings without a safety net, he fell to his death. He had stopped concentrating on the walk and he had begun to think about falling. How many people have come to me, Brother Bass, and said, Brother, I don't know if I can make it or not. And I've tried to encourage them and say, you can make it. You've got God. You've got the grace of God. But they're already thinking about falling. Come on. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Now, I don't think we should be prideful and boastful and all those things. But I don't need to concentrate on falling because I'm not keeping myself. The Bible said we are kept by the Holy Ghost. We are bought with a price. Therefore, to glorify God in our body and in our spirit, which are God's. I don't have to keep myself. God will keep me. He who has began a good work will perform it if I give myself to him, if I consecrate my life to him, if I yield my members as instruments of righteousness unto him. I don't have to worry about falling. The book of Peter said, if you do these things, ye shall never fall. We're not keeping ourselves. It's not time to concentrate on falling. It's time to concentrate on doing the work of God. It's time to concentrate on revival. It's time to concentrate on evangelism. But the winds are blowing. You know, sometimes, Brother Bass, I, I liken the church as a group of folk walking on a tightrope. And so many voices are crying, look over here, look over here, look over here, look over here. Listen, we can't look. We got to keep our eyes on Jesus. I said, we got to keep our eyes on Jesus. Not long ago, before Christmas and New Year's, there was a young man who came to our church, and he was there about maybe a couple of months, I suppose, and uh, praying, seeking God. Brother Robinson here went to teach him a Bible study, and when Brother Robinson got there, he was weeping, waiting on him to teach a Bible study. You're talking about a good candidate. I want the Holy Ghost. Weeping before the man ever got there. I want the Holy Ghost. I want the Holy Ghost. Man, just help me play. What a college guy, smart, intelligent young guy. Had a good job. Amen. We have been praying to break in some of the black colleges around our area. A lot of the black colleges, we have been praying. And we felt like this was a breakthrough for us. And he came in the church and prayed and prayed and prayed. And at the time when he was, when he prayed through, I was at Brother Pageant's church. Remember I told you about that? This is the guy that prayed through. Brother Robinson was preaching that night. This young man prayed through. We had already baptized him in Jesus' name. You're talking about a young man who was focused. You're talking about a young man who was on top of it. He called me and said, Pastor, what do I need to do? Pastor, what do you want me to do? And some of the guys were talking to him and trying to help him out and encourage him. Amen. Smart guy. Faithful. I'm talking about he was bringing folk to church left and right. We are still teaching Bible studies uh, to the people that he brought to church, brother. Still teaching them. He'd bring people to church. He'd bring women, men, no matter what. He'd bring anybody. And I mean, I, mean, we was, I said, my God. I said, this is it. This is the breakthrough we've been praying for. And he was in there about three weeks with the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about on fire, brother. He was so on fire, brother pageant, that when he got on the rapid rail system, he would teach, preach on the rapid rail system. He got locked up for witnessing. He came back and he said, this is where they put the handcuffs. I ain't talking about a dummy. I'm talking about a smart guy that's in college that's making good money. He said, this is where they put the handcuffs on me. I said, for what? He said, I was witnessing. I was telling folks about Jesus. I said, you can't do that, man. You got to be careful about that. I mean, he was on fire. And he was in the church about three weeks. But then the Christmas holidays came up. 
He had to go home to Ohio to his family. And he came back after the new year. And he called me. He was a different person. You talking about a boy who was witnessing? Doing everything. He called me, brother Pageant. I said, hey, man, how's it going? You enjoy your time off and stuff? You know, they asked me, how much money the church got? Been in church three weeks, brother Heather. You're asking me how much money the church got? I said, excuse me? Yeah. Yeah. He had been talking to his family. I heard later on that he had talked to his dad for four hours on the telephone long distance of which he hadn't seen since he was nine years old. And his dad put something in his spirit. You're talking about a young man who was focused, who was ready. Brotherhood, what do I need to do? Brotherhood, I'm ready. Bringing folk to church. We teaching Bible studies. But somebody hooked him up. Came back and asked me how much money we got. I don't think it was in his business, brother, how much money we had. He hadn't been there long enough to ask me no questions. None of my people never asked me that. And he going to come in there three weeks? And I'm supposed to say, just open my coffers up and say, here we go. I think not. Bad move. I just look stupid. And then he called Brother Scott over here and, and he talked to Brother Scott and said, well, I called Pastor and asked him how much money we had in the bank. Pastor got defensive. I didn't get defensive. I just didn't tell him everything. I didn't open my heart up to him. And, and, and this is what he said. And he told this sister right here that the man of God shouldn't take no money from the church. Is that what he said, sister? I said, who done got a hold of this boy? And then Brother Robinson talked to him over here. One of my assistants talked to him. And he said, God showed me that y'all's church is a church of iniquity. Now, brother, I've been claimed to be a lot of things. But one thing I do, Brother Padgett, is preach against sin. Your church is a church of iniquity. And Brother Robinson asked him, said, what do the word iniquity mean? He said, I don't know, but that's what you is. <laughs> what are you saying, Brotherhood? Why are you telling us these stories? I'm going to tell you why. He started in, everything was okay. And the devil turned his focus. The devil got his focus off of God. The devil got his focus on some junk that didn't amount to a hill of beans. The devil messed his mind up. And he's out of the church today over some mess. If he'd have kept his focus right. If he'd have kept the right spirit. If he'd have let somebody talk to him and minister to him. But no, he let his daddy, which ain't seen him since he was nine years old, talk a whole bunch of mess in his ear. And now, my friend, he's out of the church. He's backslid. Because he refused to keep his focus. Brother, it hurt me to my heart. Because he was so promising. Well, I want to tell you something. The devil don't care about none of us. He'll take your focus if he can. That, that's a new convert. We can just about kind of understand that. But what about saints of God who sat in good churches for years? Soul winners. And the devil come to him and say, well, you know, you've been single a long time. Now, you know, you need a husband, so you need to go find you one. You're going to be an old maid. Soul winners, people who support the church, back up the ministry, submit to the men of God, do what they're told, and all of a sudden, the devil turned their focus a little bit. Look at you, you're by yourself. They got husbands, you don't have one. Let me tell you something, the sweetest thing that ever happened to any of us, when Jesus Christ came down on the inside of our hearts, I don't care what the devil says, Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to me. Hello, somebody. Now I've seen good saints of God, solid as a rock, soul winners. Bible said his teachers allow the devil to take their focus off where it belongs.
And all he need to do is turn it just a little bit. And get you to feeling sorry for yourself. And having a pity party. Get you down on yourself, discouraged. Everybody else is blessed. Well, listen, if you got the Holy Ghost, you're blessed too. And if you hang around the house of God and you put Jesus first and you love him regardless and don't try to make deals with him. Some people make me sick. They want to make deals with God. God, if you do this, I'll do this. Your attitude should be, God, if you never do nothing for me. I'm saved. I'm Holy Ghost filled. I'm going to heaven. I got peace. I got joy. I got happiness. You want to make deals with God. God ain't making no deals with nobody. God, if you give me a husband. God, if you give me a wife. Let me tell you something, friend. God don't deal like that. And in the long run, you're going to lose the deal. Because, see, God can do without us. He don't want to, but he can. But we can't do without him. I would hate to think that I'm going to wake up tomorrow and don't have God in my life. Too much of focus. Brother Riley, you hit it last night. Credibility. Validity, being valid and being available. But I want to add one more to it, being focused. I'm not trying to come in on this good brother's cocktails. He did a fantastic job. But we got to be focused in this day and time. Hey, friend, you're not, you don't have to be out doing some great sin. If you're just not focusing, you're just kind of like just being, just standing around. I'm not doing nothing. That's the problem. You're not doing nothing. There are sins of commission and there are sins of omission. And the, the sin of omission is what you commit when you are not focused in on what God wants you to do. And what God wants you to be. And where God wants you to be. Hello, someone. But I fought that battle. I don't have a problem with cigarettes. I smoked for 10 years. I was an alcoholic when God found me. I don't have no problem with that at all. I don't have no problem. I'm telling you, the sword of God's spirit has severed those things from my life. But when I wake up out of my bed and I hit the floor, Come on now. Come on now. to get my mind where it needs to be, I'm not talking about being half backslid. I understand what I'm saying to you today. Please don't make me qualify every statement. I'm talking about, Brother Patrick, just to have your mind in a place where, God, where you want me to be at today. God, I'm going to seek you whether I feel like praying or not. Let me tell you something. If I prayed when I always felt like praying, I wouldn't pray half the time. I pray because I have to pray. I pray because I know I need to pray. Hello, somebody. I don't skip to my little prayer place and just skip up there and say, No, 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 no. Sometimes I got to drag this flesh and say, Look at here. You're going to the cross today. But I'm still fighting this battle with the devil, with this flesh is what it is. I'm about having my mind focused where it needs to be. A lot of times it's metal on metal. Clang! 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 Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. I don't know about you today, but I want to be focused. I want my concentration to be where it needs to be. I want a good balance, just like I'm walking a tight wire. God, give me a balance, a good balance of prayer and, and fasting and seeking God and teaching Bible studies. Hello, somebody. I still teach Bible studies. I still go out. To, even though we got a good bunch of folk in our church that do it, I still do it because I've got the time to do it. And I want a good balance. Amen, amen, amen. I don't want the devil to take my focus away. It's a battle every day. Thank you, Jesus. But these, uh, these children of Israel, amen, in Exodus chapter 15, you know the story. God had brought them through the Red Sea, delivered them from Pharaoh's army, Pharaoh and his men. The Bible said that thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel, Israel saw the great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared 
The people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. You're talking about feeling good. You're talking about having a high time when they felt good about what God had done to their enemies. And it looked like to me, when you look in these verses in chapter 15, it looks like they know what's going on. It looks like it appears that they know who gave them the victory. It seemed like that they should be focused on the Lord. The Bible says here in Exodus 15 and 1, this is what they said, for he, talking about the Lord, he had triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider has he thrown into the sea. So they understood who had done the work. They understood it wasn't by their own power. They understood it wasn't by their own ability. They understood it wasn't by their own ingenuity. Hello, somebody. And then they said, the Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. In other words, I have no other salvation outside of him. I have no other deliverance outside of him. That's what they were saying. They knew these things. They understood these things. They echoed these things. They acknowledged these things. The Lord has become my salvation. They vocalized these things. Pharaoh's chariots and his hosts had he, talking about the Lord, cast into the sea. Amen. In the greatness of thine excellency, thou hast overthrown them. They know who did the work. They knew who worked in their behalf. And it should have put a focus on God. It should have thrust their focus on the Lord even more than it had been before. Amen. And then they begin to say this, and I like this. This is what they said. The people shall hear and be afraid. The people shall hear and be afraid because of what our Lord has done. What our God has done. Sorrow shall take hold. No, notice this. Notice this now. This is what they said about the inhabitants of the land. Sorrow shall take hold of the inhabitants of Palestine. Then the dukes of Edom shall be amazed. The mighty men of Moab, trembling, shall take hold upon them. All the inhabitants of Canaan shall melt away. Fear and dread shall fall upon them. By the greatness of thine arm, they shall be as still as a stone. This is what they were talking about, about the inhabitants of the land. But guess who trembled in the end? They trembled. They fell before their enemies. You know why? Because they failed to keep their focus on an unmoving point, which was God himself. It's the same way today. We can talk, jump, shout all we want. But as soon as you leave church, the devil going to be waiting on you. And I, I do it. I run. I shout. I still dance all those things. Hello, somebody. I believe in it. But when you leave church, the devil ain't, he ain't going to take no vacation, friend. And these people got to send all these things about their enemies and what they were going to do and, and how dread was going to take them over and, and dread was going to fall upon them. And, and by the greatness of thine arm, they shall be still as a stone till thy people pass over. Thy people. They were calling themselves God's people. Hello. Amen. To the people pass over which thou hast purchased. They understood. Amen. Their covenant relationship with the Lord. Thou shalt bring them in and plant them in the mountain of thine inheritance. They were saying these things. They knew these things. It should have put their focus on the Lord even more. And the Bible said that Miriam answered the ladies and they sang unto the Lord and said that for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. This is what they were saying, my friend. But I want to submit to you, when you go over a couple of books, and when you begin to look into the Word of God, in the book of Numbers, when they went up, the 12 spies went up to the land. The Bible said that they came back. And when you look in Numbers chapter 13, and verse number 26, it said, They went and came to Moses and Aaron, to all the congregation of the children of Israel, to the wilderness of Paran, to Kadesh, and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told them and said, We came unto the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people, well, you were just saying the people was going to shake. What happened to your focus? 
You claim God was going to make a map. What happened? Your focus is no longer on that. You begin to look out of your natural eyes and allow your senses to take over. Who's trembling now? Who's melting away right now? You're talking about God was going to plant you in the land. God was going to do this. God did this. God did that. Now you are afraid of the enemy. What has happened? I'll tell you what happened. Their focus got taken, taken off of the Lord. And now their focus is on their emotions and how they feel, their feelings and what they can see. And so instead of the enemy trembling, they're trembling. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. Let me tell you something. The same God that brought you out of Egypt can take you in the land. Hello, somebody. The people be strong. The, the cities that go in the land, the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwelled in the mountains. The Amalekites dwelled in the land of the south. The Hittites and the Jebusites, the Amorites and the Canaanites and all these different ites. Their focus was gone. Let me tell you something, friend. It's a battle. It's a battle. It's a battle to keep your focus on an unmoving point. It's a battle to keep your focus on a point that does not shift. And, and that point should be the Word of God. That point should be our position in Christ. Our position in Christ is unmoving. It's not like having a job and your boss man get tired of you and he fire you from the position. Amen. We're in Christ whether we feel like it or not. You know what? I'm in Christ when I got a headache. A lot of times we go by how we feel. Hello, somebody. Amen. We need to learn to keep our focus on the Word of God, for it is forever settled in heaven. The Word of God don't change. God don't change. He said, I am the Lord and I change not. The Bible said in Him there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. I'm telling you, we serve a God that don't change. We can pin our hopes and our faith in Him. We can put our focus on Him. I don't care how the situation looks, He'll bring us through every time. Hello, somebody. Thank you, Jesus. And so, uh, are they talking about what all what God was going to do? Oh, God going to do this. God going to do that. God going to do this. God going to do this. God going to do that. The Bible says in verse 32 of Numbers 13, And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search is the land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people, all the people that we saw, how many people after a while begin to live not by faith but by what they see? Brotherhood, I don't see how I'm going to get out of this situation. Well, you're looking with natural eyes. Brother, I've been in situations since I've been saved. There was no earthly way out of it. No earthly way out of it. But God got me out of it. Amen. The Bible said we walk by faith and not by sight. I'm going to tell you sometimes when you look out of your natural eyes, you can't see nothing. Hello, somebody. You can't see nothing. You don't understand how God's going to do it. But I'm going to tell you how he's going to do it. If we can keep our focus on the word of God. If we can keep our focus, even quote it. There are times, Brother Paget, that I just take the word of God and I just quote it to the devil. This is what the Bible says. This is scripture. I don't care how it looks. This is what thus saith the word of God, devil. Look at here. Read this, devil. God ain't going to fail me. He never has. He never will. Amen. And so all that talk they were doing. You know what? Talk is so cheap. Talk is so cheap. Amen. Amen. Actions speak louder than words. Let me get a little bit further in this, if you don't mind. Let me get just a little bit further in here, and I'm going to change over a little bit. In Numbers, chapter 14, and verse number 6, the Bible said, Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. And they spake to all the children of Israel, and saying, The land which 
we pass through the search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us. Now why come Joshua and Caleb knew that but everybody else didn't know it? If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us in the land. That's what God said in the first place. And give it us, a land which flows of milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land. For they are bread for us. Their defense is departed from them. And the Lord is with us. Fear them not. But watch this. The Bible said, but all the congregations made stone them with stones. So they went from praising, talking about what God was going to do, to stoning their brothers and sisters. Now, that's about like what today is. Oh, we're going to help revival. Oh, brotherhood, I'm with you. But rub the cat's fur the wrong way a little bit and you'll see who with you. Take that cat's fur and just rub it back a little bit and you'll see who's on your side, friend. Hello, somebody. I have never, I have never seen a day like this day where people get offended so easy. On some people, you can't walk a tightrope. You got to walk eggshells around them. My God, what kind of Holy Ghost do you have? You get offended too easy. And the devil knows that. I've had people in the church that I pastor by the past and I'm just preaching, preaching general. And they think, I'm, Brother Hood, you was talking to me, wasn't you? I was talking to everybody. Nobody's exempt. Hello, somebody. Get your feelings off your shoulders. Dig in. Get rooted and grounded. Live for God every day. Live for God every day. If you develop a prayer life, whether you're doing good or bad, I'm telling you it'll take you through just like it took Daniel through. Some people don't pray to times get bad. Some people don't pray to things get in bad shape. But friend, I pray when I got money in the bank or not. I've had people to call me and talk to me. Doing what they wasn't going to do and all this stuff. And I knew they wasn't praying. And I didn't want to be ugly with them. But there have been times I wanted to say, have you took this to God? Have you prayed about this? Have you prayed about this situation with you and your wife? You want me to wave a magic wand over your situation? Ain't no magic wand away. Honey, you got to dig in. You got to pray. You got to take that thing to God in prayer. You got to let the devil know, devil, I ain't bagging up. And people don't want to pray and seek God. And they want the pastor to wave some kind of magic wand over their situation. Brotherhood, brotherhood, brother. Have you prayed? Have you sought God about this? Brotherhood, brotherhood, my wife, my husband, my this. Look, pray. Get your focus where it needs to be at. Quit wasting my time. I got some things I need to be doing. But you want me to stay on the phone for an hour with you and pet you on the phone. Oh, little baby, it's going to be all right. And I have done some of that. I admit it. It's going to be okay. But some people, you can't get them off the phone. Listen, friend, God didn't call me to referee saints. God called me, Brother Pixler, to the inner city of Atlanta to have apostolic Holy Ghost holiness revival. And we are having it, friend. I cannot feel like Shama. Oh, Shema stood in the midst of that ground. He defended it. When everybody else took off of the pageant, Shema said, I ain't going nowhere. Let them say what they want to say. Let them say, you can't have revival. Let me tell you something. I got my sword drawn, devil. Come on up in here. The Bible said Shammah stood in the midst of the ground, in the middle of it, and he defended that ground. Let me tell you something. I ain't going nowhere, devil. You might as well take a hike. Oh, I know what they say. You can't have revival in the inner city. That's a lie. If you hang in there and fight and pray and fast and teach Bible studies, you can have revival. Oh, my God. But you got to be focused. You can't be scatterbrained. You can't be scatterbrained. What's going on? Hey. 
Well, uh, no, 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 friend. When it's time to pray, you need to pray. When it's time to fast, you need to fast. Oh, my God. Let me hurry up and get through. How much time I got, brother? I'm about to spend my time, ain't I? I'm sorry. Amen, 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 amen. Let me get here a little bit farther. At Peter, in the book of Matthew, chapter 14, you know the story very well. Peter and the rest of the disciples was in the boat. And the Bible said that Jesus came walking to them on the water. And he said, fear not, it's, it is I. And Peter said, Lord, if it be thee, bid me to come unto thee on the water. You know how Peter was, very impetuous. Amen. And, and Jesus said, just, just come, come on. And the Bible said that Peter got down and he stepped out of that boat. And, and Peter, Peter had his mental camera focused on Jesus. And as long as his mental camera was focused on Jesus, he was unsinkable. But then things begin to slip out of focus. You ever been to a wedding and a photographer is there and he's taking pictures? When he back up, he don't keep the same focus. When he back up, he kind of change the focus a little bit. Let me tell you something, friend. In this walk with God, every now and then, you got to change the focus a little bit. You got to adjust the focus. And so, as long as Peter had his mental camera focus, he was unsinkable. But then things begin to slip out of focus. Let me tell you something, friend. You can't just focus once and leave it set. So you can't just focus once and leave it set there. Every now and then, you've got to refocus and say, let me back up and get a better picture of this thing. Hold on, Lord. Let me find your word on this situation. Let me find where I need to be on this thing. Because the picture keeps changing. Hello, somebody. I said, the picture keeps changing. And you have to get back in focus for each new situation. You got to get back in focus. Turn that camera a little bit back up. Get a better focus. Some people try to keep the same focus for every situation. Honey, I'm here to tell you, you're going to be mincemeat for the devil if you don't change your focus. Amen, amen. Amen. The Bible said he saw the wind. He saw the wind bolsterous. Now, how do you see wind? And he... He was walking the tightrope, going to Jesus, walking on the word, had his eyes on Jesus. One looking down, all of a sudden the skies begin to howl a bit. And you know the story. He began to sink. He began to sink. If he would have readjusted his focus, even though the skies were black, the winds were howling. Hello, the jackals of hell were saying, you ain't got no business being out here. Hello, somebody. The devil, the devil will use every distraction he can. Every distraction he can, he will use it. He is using it. Hello. I've had people to leave the church, brother, brother pageant, who've been with me for a long time, knew the doctrine, knew what we believe, and went to a seven-day Adventist church. I don't understand that. I just don't understand that. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know the story about David and Goliath in 1 Samuel chapter 17. Amen, amen. You know the story very well. We've all preached from that story. I've preached from it many times. One thing that I notice about David and the, the David and the rest of the people, David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that's defying the armies of the living God? The other people said, now you check this out. You check it. The other people said, that's defying the armies of Israel. David said the armies of the living God. Now check it out when you get time. The rest of them said, uh, he is defying the armies of Israel. David called them the armies of the living God. In other words, they belong to God. These people are in covenant. Who is this uncircumcised dude? He ain't got no business coming down. His size ain't nothing to us. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. But you know, Saul was backslid. Was away from God. But David wasn't away from God. David understood his position. David understood that he was in covenant with the Lord. David understood that God was going to fight his battles. 
And so when you read this and you look at and study it, David said about eight times, notice this, David said eight times, either this, either this, God or the Lord. And this day and time, if somebody say that, somebody say, you're trying to be spiritual. The Lord. Now, some people need to shut up saying it because they say it too much. But David said, either God of the Lord, or God of the Lord, my God will deliver me. My God will do this. My, you know what? His focus was on the Lord. His focus was not on his ability. His focus was not on what he could do. And you know what happened. You know the story. David defeated Goliath. And the only reason why he did was because his focus was right. His focus was on his covenant position with the Lord, which was unchanging. Amen? Amen. How many people over the years, good people, have I seen just lose their focus? Get caught up in something that don't mean nothing. You try to help them, encourage them, get them out of it. They just leave the church. I've seen people, and all their focus was was making money. Now, I believe in making money. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I'm a working pastor. I still work. Some, a little bit. But I've seen some people want to work two or three jobs and call it God blessing them. I don't think it's a blessing of God when you're missing Sunday service every Sunday. Oh, brotherhood, God gave me this, God gave me that. God didn't give you nothing. The devil served that up, friend. I'm against laziness like God is against sin. I am against laziness. I don't want to be around lazy folk. But some people work all the time. They are workaholics. And then they claim that God is blessing them. And they get in a whole bunch of debt they can't get out of. And then come to me and ask me for some money. I'm sorry. You mean to tell me you're working two or three jobs and you ain't got money to pay your bills? What you doing with your money? Hello? I better get off of that. Listen, I need some more tithe pills too. But I'm going to tell you what, friend. Some people, all they focus on is greenbacks. Money this, money that, money this, money that. You know, you know what blows my mind sometimes? Sometimes people, they work more jobs, but they ain't paying no more tithe. Now, I know that don't, that don't add up, brother. Now, I don't know how y'all brothers believe. I believe you don't pay your tithes. It's a sin. That's what I was taught and that's what I believe. You don't pay your tithes. It is a sin. And I'm going to tell you what. These folk are always crying about, I'm going to get caught up. You ain't going to never get caught up. Brotherhood, I'm going to get caught up. I'm going to get caught up. Yeah, you keep on saying that, friend. You're $1,000 behind. You might as well just repent. Now, I know y'all don't have these problems. You know what I mean? But... I'm not against making money. I'm not against that. Please don't take me the wrong way. But you're working all the time. You're missing church. You're missing revival. You're missing uh, these good ministers that's coming in and helping us. And you're wondering what's wrong with you. Hello, somebody. You're wondering what's wrong with you. Amen. In 18 years, in 18 years of being saved, I think I missed two Sundays out of church in 18 years, brother. And one time I was working on the similar line and I had to work and I was trying to get off. When I got saved, God gave me a love for church. I don't understand these people who don't like to come to church. You, you understand? I do not understand these folk who do not like to come to church and they claim the Holy Ghost. I got to close. We had a situation here in Atlanta just the other day, last Sunday, in fact, where we had some bad weather, a little sleet, a little ice or whatever. And so we turned the radios on Sunday morning. Some people didn't have lights. And these guys on the radio were saying, don't try to get out and go to church. God, God will let you off today. 
I said, listen to these reprobates. You know what? Those same guys don't go to church anyway. Because you hear them every Sunday. Talking about their stocks and their bonds. Don't try and get out today. It's cold. It's little ice on the bridges. I didn't even listen to it. My phone was ringing out to it. Brother, who are we going to have church? I said, yes, we're going to have church. You know what blew my mind, brother, brother Bass? Somehow where people's lights was out and some of the other people's lights was out, but some people who didn't have lights came. Other people stayed at home. Wonder what happened. They didn't want to be there in the first place. But let me, let me finish this story. We got out on the highway and I told my people, I said, listen, don't endanger your life. Don't endanger your family or your vehicle. If you see some ice, you can't get by a tree fall down. I said, let, let, use common sense. I said, but we haven't church. Brother, I got out there. I ain't seen nothing. Straight shot into downtown Atlanta. No ice, no nothing. And these reprobates saying, don't try to get out there today. Listen, friend, when you got an IV hook in your arm to the Spirit of God, you've got to go to church. You've got to hear the songs of Zion. You've got to hear the word. You've got to hear the praise. When you hooked up and you linked up, you've got to hear it. You've got to have it. You've got to have it. Hello, somebody. No, don't try to go to church today. Listen, friend, I'm addicted to this thing. You're talking about don't go to church. Hello! I've got to have Jesus. I've got to have praise. I've got to have worship. I've got to have prayer. I've got to seek God. I've got to hear the testimonies. I've got to hear the songs. I've got to do a jig. I've got a whole week to make it through. And you're talking about don't go to church. That's right. Now, don't go to church. When your mind focused on church, how are you going to miss church? I hadn't found the joy in the world that I found being in the church. I hadn't found the peace in the world that I found being in the church. I hadn't found the fellowship, the good, clean fellowship in the world that I found being in the church. I am not looking for an excuse not to be in church. Oh, I, mercy, 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 mercy. God help me today. But brother, with credibility and validity and availability, we've got to have focus. We've got to have it. We've got to have it. We, we've got to have it. God, the world is lost. Amen. Amen. Jude, I'm about to close. Jude said, now unto him that is able. Notice this. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. Listen, I'm not worried about falling. You know why? Because God is able to keep me from falling. That is, if I want to be kept. You see, God ain't going to keep nobody who don't want to be kept. Hello, somebody. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. And to present you what? Faultless. Can you imagine that God can do that? This God is so great. This God is so wonderful. He can keep you from falling and present you faultless. What can I, what manner of God is this? Before his presence with glory and exceeding joy. Isaiah 26 and 3. It said that thou would keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Oh, I can't preach too much more, but so many people got their minds on so many things. I wonder how many people open the newspaper and just kind of read the paper and they see a movie and they say, I sure would like to go see that movie. But Brother Bass won't let me. You shouldn't want to go see that garbage. Hear these commercials on the radio about this and, and they make everything so exciting in the world and, and, and some people sometimes, uh, uh, they want to go and get involved in that junk. And the world can't do nothing for me but leave me alone. I'm about to quit y'all. Trust in the love of all thine heart. Lean not to thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct Notice that in all thy ways acknowledge him. Keep your focus on him. Keep your focus on his word, his purpose. Hello, somebody. David said in Psalms 57 and 7, my heart is fixed. Oh God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. My heart is fixed. Amen. He also said in Psalms 108, 
and one. Oh God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise even with my glory. Psalms 94, 18 said, When I said my foot slippeth, thy mercy, O Lord, held me up. Psalms 145 and 14 said, The Lord upholdeth all that fall and raiseth up all those that be bowed down. Listen, we shouldn't be concerned, overly concerned about falling. Now, I don't think that we're so great that we can't fall. Don't misunderstand me. I'm just saying, if all you concentrate on, all you think about is, I'm about to fall, then how are you going to do the work of God? And really, that's what God called us. God called us to do His bidding. Amen. We've got to keep our focus on Him. We've got to keep our focus on an unmoving point. And that is Jesus Christ and His Word and our position in Him. So many things are changing. People change. Hello, somebody. But I want to keep my focus on the Lord. Why don't we stand this morning? I understand that we're at the Southeastern Conference on Revival and Evangelism. And brother, I believe in it with all my heart. I appreciate the fellowship of these good men. I appreciate the preaching. I love good preaching. But I realize in all of this, something's got to happen up here. Well, the devil can't just take my mind and turn it in any way he wants to turn it. Get me so caught up in a whole lot of things. Try this. Do this. What about that? God, give me a burden for a soul. Help me to pray somebody through. We had a situation here in our church not long ago where a young lady is coming and she's still coming and her daughter and her family got word about her. Thought she was in some kind of a cult. She was coming and God was dealing with her life and she's repenting. And uh, she repented and we baptized in Jesus' name. And uh, the family sent a spy in. Better go see what she's involved in. She's got her daughter involved in some kind of crazy religion. They sent a spy in, Brother Padgett. And this guy came, and it was his daughter, really. And he came in at the bequest of the people that told him to come, her mother and family and stuff. And he messed around and sat in church too long. He said, when I came, I just came to... To spy out and see what she was involved in. They told me to told me to come down and see what she had gotten involved in, and that she was in some crazy religion, and she was in some crazy thing. Ain't nothing crazy about this. And the other night, brother Alvia, he said, "Brother Hood, I want to be baptized in Jesus' name." Let me tell you something. When you keep on doing what you're supposed to do. When you keep on praying, when you keep on teaching, and you keep on praying and fasting, even the spies, even the spies are going to get something. Hello, somebody. God bless you today.